Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 my friends out there in Blog Talk Radio land. want to welcome you to Off the Shelf for this Saturday, which is May the May the eighth, and this is. Don't forget, you guys. Tomorrow is daylight savings time starts, so you gotta. Sit, I think we spring forward. You set, set your clocks hour forward, which the good part is, you'll get an hour more of daylight, and then, then the days are getting longer, longer sunlight anyway, which I really appreciate. It it should still be you know kind of light when you head out to work or whatever you do in the mornings, and then uh, be light later in the evenings. Um, on your way home. So you get to enjoy more of the day. So daylight savings time again in the United States, and I don't think all states do daylight savings times, but most of them do. It starts tomorrow. So I usually set my clock forward uh, before I go to bed, like tonight, and then uh, you'll be ready and get rested up. <laughs> so you can adjust to that let one hour less of sleep before you head out to work or whatever you do on Monday morning, March the 10th. But I want to welcome you and thank you again for coming to Off the Shelf for this morning. For those of you who've been with us, 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Saturday morning, that is our spot, that is our time here at Off the Shelf. For those of you who've been here with us for over 10 years, we're going into our 11th year, believe it or not, and our, our listening audience just continues to grow. I so appreciate you. I thank you. I value you. I, I just I cannot thank you enough for being here with us for over 10 years, for going on 11 years. And I always encourage you, because our guests share such great information. We've had business owners and writers and and people who are motivational speakers and publicists and editors and publishers. A lot of we focus on the literary um, industry here at Off the Shelf, but we've had so many people on who've shared such incredibly valuable tips. And i got to tell you, one of our uh, former guests, Kathy Holloway, she has her own television show now. And then uh, S. Renee, she is... She's speaking to, you know, with government officials. She's doing such big things. We've had guests that come on this show that have really, really taken off. So uh, they share such valuable tips and advice. And then we also have Roland Martin on who's been on CNN, and he's on, I think he's on TV One. He has his own show. He was here on Off the Shelf as well. So the the guests are just phenomenal and so much you can learn. That's why I always encourage you to tell your family and your friends, your colleagues, everybody you know. We've covered so many different subjects to tune in to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. So you will be so, so, so glad you did. For those of you it's your first time tuning in to Off the Shelf, I want to introduce myself to you, but beginning by saying thank you again for tuning in to Off the Shelf this morning. It is just such a joy to have you here. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And I, I'm thanking you again because I'm going to continue to do that. And please don't let another day go by before you pick up a copy of my new novel, Love Pour Over Me. If you wanted, okay, what what is this book about? What am I going to get? It's a It's a book about three different types of relationships, and they interweave. It, it, it's, there are only a few major characters, so you're not going to have a lot of characters to try to juggle and deal with. You're going to see how these characters evolve. There's Raymond. He's a track star, but he is so is a, 
it, there's so much depth to him. His relationship with his father who struggles with alcoholism. And then you have the relationship with Raymond and Brenda who he meets when he goes to college. That relationship you will find also helps Raymond to evolve. It is a very, very long-term relationship. And then there are these three friends that Raymond meets at college. You're going to see how these relationships evolve over time, how they help each of these people in them to change. Some people are drawn more to Raymond and his father's relationship, and that change that is very emotional at the end of the story. I mean, it's very, very gripping. And then the relationship some people are more drawn to with Brenda, and then the friends, people love that relationship. But everybody who reads the book loves Raymond. So it's it's a book really about love. And there's the friendships, the romance, there's, there's a mystery in this story as well, which leads to some high chase scenes and some things that keep you on the edge of your seat. So if you love if you love sports, if you love <laughs> mystery, romance, and if you especially value relationships, you will enjoy Love Paul Over Me. And I, you can get a copy online or offline anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, eBook it, iTunes, Walmart, you name it. If you don't see it on the shelf, all you have to do is ask the clerk for it. And the reason that works is because Love Paul Over Me is carried by the largest book distributors in the entire world. And now... I'm going to go grab our guest. He just dialed in a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm going to grab our guest, bring her on the line. But first, I want to introduce her to you. And our very special guest, as I was telling you earlier, we have been blessed with, oh, my goodness. I look at what our guests are doing, and I'm like, wow. Like yesterday, I just got the message on Kathy Holloway and her TV show, and she's interviewing somebody who's in the WNBA, and she's interviewing some pretty some people who've done well themselves. And I'm just so happy for her and our other guests. Our special guest today is Sherlisa Starks Richardson. Now, Sherlisa was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I went through there when I was in the Navy. And she is an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker a blogger, and she is the author of the book, Summer Rain. I love that title. She earned an MBA from Indiana Wesleyan University, and Summer Rain is her debut novel, you guys. So we want to really, really wrap our arms around her and support her and Summer Rain. And you can learn more about Sherlisa and her book even while during today's interview, even as she answers the questions that I, I, I posed to her today and you learn more about her, you can even get more information about Sharlisa and her books by visiting her website at com, and I'll spell it C-H-E-R-L-I-S-A-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com. Again, that's com, and you could put in one of the Bing or the Google search engine, Sherlisa Starks Richardson Arthur, and I'm sure her website would come up that way as well. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Sherlisa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I'm, I'm enjoying the show myself, sitting back here listening to you. <laughs> it's going to be a pleasure. I mean, hopefully you we've had some authors who've gone on, and, and some who before they even came on were – best-selling authors, and then I've seen some people that have come on our show, and I look up and I'm like, wow, this person actually is interviewing the President of the United 
States, wow. and they were on off the shelf. So it's it's really it's really fascinating, and and I, that's why I always encourage people tell your friends, everybody, to tell, you don't know what you might miss if you miss off the shelf. <laughs> I want to start by asking you, so I always like to give our listeners a little backstory on the guests. What was Indianapolis like when you were growing up, when you were a kid? What was it like growing up in Indianapolis? Oh, you know, Indianapolis, it was a really nice place, I think, growing up when I grew up. Um, It's probably what a lot of people would have considered a lot slower at the time, Um, so it's really evolved over the years, uh, a real, really big sports town now. But uh, it was a great place to grow up, um, great place to grow up. Um, so I, I've always just, you know, I went to college in Indiana. I, uh, you know, obviously grew up here. So this is just where I decided to make my home, and and I like it. You mentioned Kathy Holloway Hill. She's a really good friend of mine, too, here in Indianapolis. Okay. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's a nice know- place. Do, are you uh, are you? And I know in Indiana it's like the biggest biggest city because there are a lot of small towns. Bloomington, there's Terry Holt, there's then there's some towns in Indianapolis, Indiana that are so small. Uh, I was stationed in Crane, and most people don't even know from Indiana don't even know where that is. The Indianapolis is like the it's like the New York City of India, Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis is. It is. Uh, uh, there's a lot of small small towns in 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 Indiana. Are you are you an only child? Do you have other siblings? Oh, I have a I have a pretty big family. Um, I'm not an only child. For some reason, people sometimes believe that I am, but I'm I'm a middle child. Um, I have uh, several brothers and sisters. My mother, she uh, that type of person that over the years. I, she added brothers and sisters, you know, so she was always adopting and bringing other people oh, into our okay. family. So I come from a really big, loving family, um, you know, just because of the way that my mother, you know, the way my mother is. Okay. Now, what did you dream of becoming when you when you were a child? Did you did you dream of becoming something when you became an adult? And if so, what was that? What did you dream of becoming when you were a kid? Well, when I when I was a kid, I, whatever I I didn't when I was a kid, I just knew that I wanted to do something, something that would impact the world. And even uh, being younger, it's weird to think a kid could think like that, but I did. I wanted to do something uh, that would impact other people. I didn't know, you know, when I was younger exactly what that was. As I got older in high school, I thought I was going to be a pharmacist, uh, but that totally changed, um, and I ended up going a, the business route. Um, but I always loved writing. I always loved writing, and for whatever reason, I did not embrace that going into college as uh, my field of study. But God has a way of bringing you back to what it is that your gift is. Mm, very interesting. What was it, before I ask you about your corporate world and we start talking about your books, what was it about, you said pharmacy, and I'm thinking, wow, that's a long way off. What was it about that that intrigued you? Just curious. You know, it was it was really, um, this is weird, but uh, I really liked chemistry when I was in high school. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked it, and I, I found it to be quite intriguing. And, you know, I started, you know, studying and investigating what I do and, you know, doing some research. And I'm like, pharmacist, that's what I could do. I could be a pharmacist. So okay. I, I changed it, you know, pretty quickly after going into college, but I thought that's what I wanted to do. So Okay. Okay. Now you worked in the corporate world 
for and as many of our the guests who've come on off the shelf who are writers, they have other jobs and things that they do. You worked in the corporate world for twenty years. Can you tell our off the shelf listeners what it, it is that you still do or what you did while you were in the corporate world for those twenty years? Okay, I did a lot when I was in the corporate world. Um I worked for um, a huge telecommunications company, um, the largest one, and uh, I worked there for 14 of those 20 years. And, I, you know, I did a lot of supervisory um, positions. Um, I did jobs where I, I was a project manager. I did sales. I did a number of things. Um, I never really let any grass grow under my feet I'm in a job. You know, I'd learn one thing, and then I'd want to go and learn something different. So um, what I probably oh, did the so you, most, you, though, I, I was a super. Mm-hmm. You didn't stay in one at one company for like. Uh, I, I was what? at one company. I was at eight, yeah. I was at uh, one company for fourteen oh, years. Oh, okay. But I moved around the company. I just wanted to constantly learn. I might stay at one job for two years. Uh, the first job oh. I was in customer service. I was in there for five and a half years. So okay. Uh, okay. I was a trainer for good. part of that time. Yeah. That's it was, good. And it was that's a good why, thing. That's a good thing about working at a big company. You can mm-hmm. you can stay at the same firm and move around and still feel like your career is still exciting because you're doing different things. That's what I like about working at a big firm. What what strengths as we go into what you're doing today, what strengths or knowledge did you gain while you were during those working experiences? What did you gain that you continue to use today to help you as an entrepreneur and a motivational speaker? Well, um, like I said, part of one of the things I did, I was also a trainer um, as well as a supervisor. So I would say probably the biggest thing that uh, I gained, um, I would say, is my my ability to communicate well with Ah. people. Um, I would definitely say that would be the biggest one um, because, you know, with the – social media now, you know, writers have typically been, uh, in the past, writers could just kind of go in their cave and, you know, they write their books and they never have to see people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with social media, you know, people, readers, they can now reach out and touch the writers yeah. and their favorite authors and be able to talk and communicate, see what goes on inside their life. You know, and a lot of people, are, a lot of writers are still introverted, you know, but because I had that skill, you know, learning how to communicate with people, I think that's a big plus for me. Um, okay. I think that's one big plus. So and the other uh, one I would uh, say would be sales, you know, the fact that I did a lot uh, with sales and marketing. And so that's definitely a big plus, you know, when it comes to um, being an author, you know, because whether you're traditionally published or self-published, you have to be able to get out there and push your own product. Uh, you you can say that enough. <laughs> so that's so true. That's it, that's changed. You know, years ago the publisher did more, but you are absolutely right. Now this question is one that a lot of people, whether they write or read or are a passionate reader or not, have on their mind at some point in their life. They think about you know, should I start my own business? Should I? They say you think I've got the skills, I've got the passion, I can do this. Whether it's starting a restaurant, whether it's starting a, 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 a consulting firm, or whatever it is, a marketing company, a, a company where they're teaching people things or educational. 
I can go out and do this instead of just continuing to work for somebody else. I can do this for myself, have more control of my schedule. And they, a lot of times people don't know just how much goes into being an entrepreneur. Oh, my God, there's so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people dream of being an entrepreneur, feeling like they can map their own course. Yet most new businesses fail in three years because I think just like with the book writing, you think all you have to do is write a great book, but you've got to get out there and really hustle that book. Now, despite the odds, the odds of making it as an entrepreneur, how did you know that it was absolutely time for you to launch out on your own? Well, um, first of all, I was, uh, I've been, I've had a real estate company for probably close to 15 years. Wow. So, you know, kind of already had that in there. And then my mother, you know, she's been an entrepreneur my whole life. So um, that's just something that I've never really shied away from. But as far as um, launching out and doing just the writing, um, or just, you know, deciding to do real estate alone. Um, it really, honestly, wasn't my decision. Uh, my company did a lot of downsizing. Um, okay. They were doing a lot of downsizing, you know, and even though at one time I was really looking, but I knew that they were, and they were giving really good payouts for that, so I, I decided to stick it out with that company because I knew eventually I did want to, you know, branch out on my own. So, you know, getting a payout, payout you know, would be a good way to start. Right. So I kind of held off knowing that eventually they would probably get to me. Um, but as far as just deciding to kind of stick with that as opposed to jumping right back out into another job, um, I just really believed in myself uh, that, you know, this is something I could do. And because I did have some savings, um, you know, to give me a little bit of an opportunity to do that. So what I would say to people, I don't encourage people to necessarily just quit your job and go do it you know, unless you have, uh, you know, a nice amount of savings in order to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I encourage people to, this is just me. And I know, I've known people to do it that way, but this is just me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't encourage just, you know, quitting your job if you don't have enough savings. Um, you know, give it an opportunity to grow. Um, right. Give it an opportunity to grow and let your business grow before you actually just jump out and do it because it's, it's really tough out here right now. But it can I- be done, and I yeah. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad you said that because when you when people read on the on the internet blogs and articles and maybe listen to interviews where people make it sound easy and like if what is a quote I heard uh, if you do if you do what you love or something the money will come that that is not true. There are a lot of people who do what they love, and the money just doesn't show up. That That's not true. This thing about if you just work in your passion and you work hard, it'll all happen. No, 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 no. There's, there's no. there's no guarantees. No more guarantees out here as an entrepreneur than if you were working for someone else. I, I agree with you. Put, put your foot out there. Before you dive into the ocean, learn how to swim in the pool. So mm-hmm. get get out there and try it first. See if you See how much momentum you get. And then maybe go take that big dive because, again, so many businesses within three years, they're folding up. So maybe the first few months you're real passionate and you like, I can do this. And maybe the first one or two years, then after a while you hit a, a snag where maybe your your clients or your customers, they're not coming to you like they used to. And now the money's drying up. So then what are you going to do? So it's right. facing those odds and really being giving it a good thought before you get out here and launch out on your own. I certainly don't want to discourage anybody from doing it, but to face it, the realities of it, and don't make it 
so uh, fantasy land like. I want to talk about. I want to talk about your first book. When did you get the ideal to create Summer Rain, and what was going on in your life at the time that the genesis for the book came to you? Um, the idea came to me, I would say, about five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It took about that long for me, you know, from the beginning to end, you know, to actually get it totally completed. Uh, but during that time, I was, you know, studying the industry, perfecting the craft of writing, because even though I've been writing since I was a kid, um, you know, depending on what you write, there's a craft, you know, to writing that mm-hmm. as well. So I studied the craft. Um, went to tons of workshops, which I encourage anybody that wants to write to do that. Um, and as far as what was going on in my life, when I first started, to be, when I first decided I wanted to write a book, uh, I was actually still in corporate America. But um, within that probably year of me deciding that was when uh, I realized that, you know, okay, my job is going to end here. So I really jumped in, you know, and, and got an, and that's when Summer Rain came in maybe a year later. Um, as far as what made me write that particular story, um, it was really just a passion I think I had um, really for young people. It's, it's, a, it's a young adult to adult uh, fiction book is what I tell people, young adult to adult. And okay. I say that because um, I, I had the passion to write it, uh, the part about the faith, the, the main theme is faith. And mm-hmm. um, so often you see people that they uh, have that first really, especially young people, they have that first bad tragedy or bad situation, and they don't believe that they can get through it because they've never had anything happen before. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the case with my main character, uh, Summer. Uh, they experience a tragedy. And it's the first thing that's ever really happened bad in her life. Her life's been pretty much perfect up until that point. And so, yeah, so because of, uh, you know, the way she had been trained and raised, you know, she'd been taught about faith, but now it's actually time to exercise that faith. So you get to mm-hmm. see how, how does she handle that? How does her family handle it? Mm-hmm. So can you, can you... Uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I just wanted to write a story, though, that people um, could actually see someone in that situation, you know, and how they handle it. And hopefully, you know, by somebody else reading it, they can somehow apply it to their own life when they're positioned with something like that. Okay. Now, can you introduce our listeners? You've told us already that a little bit about Summer, that her life was, until this tragedy happened, her life was really going fairly smoothly. But to her, her personality, the way she thinks, what motivates her, can you introduce our off-the-shelf listeners to Summer McCain? What What is Summer McCain like? Uh, Summer is, is a really really what you would almost consider really be a really sweet girl. Um, She's normal like any other kid. You know, she has her good friends. Uh, She goes to school. She likes going to basketball games, hanging out, you know, like most teenagers do with their friends. Um, She's, um, you know, because she's grown up, as I said earlier, in a home um, where faith, um, where God is present. Um, So, you know, she has two best friends. Um, that they're always, you know, always together with her best friends. And then she has, um, you know, her, her grandmother, who really is the matriarch of the family. 
uh, even though, you know, her mother and father are there too, but uh, her paternal grandmother lives with them. She's really the matriarch, um, the strength of the family. So I think uh, most most people find her to be very relatable, you know, whether it's your, you know, a daughter, a niece, or whoever. She, she's very relatable. She doesn't sound like uh, now she's 16 years old, and I wanted to ask you, why did you choose to have her, the protagonist, to be a 16-year-old girl, someone who's really on the edge of major change, no matter what happens in our, most of our lives when we get near that point, first of all, the biology, the chemistry in our systems is just changing, and that brings a lot of change, and we're just starting to look at life differently. Why did you pick that on the cusp of major change age for your protagonist? And also, uh, uh, um, just that, um, just that, that age, you picked that age. She sounds like she's a girl who, when you think about most of my sister has two daughters, she said when one of her daughters turned 12, it was like she changed. And then when you think mm-hmm. of 16, they start to really, uh, whatever. if you say no, they say yes. If they you say laugh, they say right. If you say up, they say down. It, 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 she doesn't sound like she's that girl. Like she was a girl who ever did that uh, from the way she, you described her. Did she go through those periods that a lot of 16 girls start, even start when they're 12? And why did you choose that age when when somebody is on the cusp of so much major change? I think I probably chose that age group. I have a, I have a team. My daughter is almost 14 years old. And you're exactly right. You know, that age, that pre, that, you know, age, that middle school age is an age where, you know, they are trying to discover who they are. And um, by the time they're 16, they, they kind of have a pretty good idea of who they are. But, you know, still, you know, I'm almost, I'm almost grown. Um, and I think I just chose that age because of having a teen daughter. Also, I've done a lot of work with young adults, mm. um, as, you know, teens. And so I think that's just why I chose that age group, because I wanted them to be able to see, um, you know, really just somebody that looked like them. Um, you know, she wasn't a real defiant kid, um, She's not a very defiant kid, but yet, you know, as you if you read the book, you'll see that she's not a perfect kid either. You know, she does kind of go against some of the things that her parents have taught her to do, you know, have told her to do. She, she kind of goes against, but, you know, she's still a respectful kid, uh, but you know, she's not a perfect kid. And you do see that, um, you know, in the book. Now, one of the challenges that Summer, Summer McCain faces in the book that's titled Far Off the Shelf Listeners, Summer Rain, one of the challenges she faces is bullying. Now, th- that mm-hmm. that has really, really, you know, that's made front-page news in such unfortunate, fortunate ways. Now, does she deal with physical bullying or this new 24-7 and never ends, this digital bullying, where kids post pictures and videos and et cetera, and these emails and messages to each other on Facebook and Twitter, and they just really attack each other around the clock. What type of bullying is she dealing with in the in the story? Her her bullying, it, it escalates. I mean, it starts out with, you know, just a little, you know, nasty talk. Um, then it elevates, you know, to worse talk. Um, there There is some physical bullying. Um, you even see some, you know, her property. You know, I want to get sell too much, but right. uh, where they begin to, you know, do things to her property. 
uh, it gets pretty bad, but you definitely see some of the um, social media bullying, mm. cyberbullying. Yeah. Cyberbullying also um, as part of what she deals with. So her situation, it starts out really small, but it, it gets pretty bad. It gets wow. Pretty bad. Wow. You um, know, a lot of... Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of kids are dealing with that. I was watching a video uh, with my son about bullying. Oh, some kids have taken their lives behind that. It's just, it is so awful. And the schools don't seem to know what to do about it. And a lot of it, I think the schools, the teachers and the principals, et cetera, they're scared of the bullies. I don't believe they are. And so the the only time something's done is when the kid who's getting bullied retaliates, then they get suspended. It's it's it's, but they got to do something about it. I think that's a subject that I really appreciate that you took that on. I really really do, and I hope more people address it because it has to be something that has to be dealt with. Now, one reviewer had this to say about summer rain. The reviewer said, Summer is trying to work through the pain, but soon realizes that her best friends are not there for her. Summer feels alone, and to make matters worse, Monique, a girl at her school, starts bullying her. Monique's hate for Summer grows with each encounter, but Summer has no clue why Monique hates her. Will Summer be able to handle the reason once it is revealed? Do Summer's friends desert her, or does it just feel, do her friends actually desert her? Desert her like with Monique. Do they actually desert her, or does it just feel that way? Okay, so yeah, very good question. I'll say this: um, one of her friends, um, I, I will just say, one of her friends does desert her. One friend disappears, and uh, that's a lot of. That, uh, there's a lot of mystery around that. Like, why did why did he disappear, Antoine? That's one of her okay. best friends. Uh, he deserves her. He, he's just gone. She, you, you'll see how she try. You know how she's constantly like, "Where is he? What's going on?" Um, Jasmine does not desert her. Her best friend Jasmine does not desert her. Actually, Jasmine does what I think, not necessarily the way Jasmine did it. Let me let me rephrase that. But Jasmine has her back. I mean, she's really her ride or die friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Jasmine is the one that will get in Monique's face. Um, you know, if Summer lets her, she will fight, you know, Monique, if, mm-hmm. if you know, Summer wouldn't keep her from doing so. Um, now, I don't encourage, you know, children to go and, and fight the bully, but I do encourage kids to stand up for your friends. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of bullying can, um, will stop, you know, right off the bat if people will see that somebody's not going to stand around and ooh and ah and encourage it, but stop it and not gossip about it and do all that. So mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve her, but uh, Jasmine is dealing with her own issues. And because of the things that are going on in her own life, um, at a certain point she does have to go away uh, for, for a stint. And so oh, okay. in that sense, that's probably what that reviewer was speaking of, okay. so where she's kind of left alone at one point. It's, it, 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 there's a lot that's going on, it sounds like, in the story. And back to the bullying, because it's unfortunately so prevalent uh, I saw a show, it actually was a thing on ESPN, these football players, this girl had, she had some type of a, something of a condition in her brain, and she was a sweet girl, but these kids started picking on her and bullying her, which is so mean, and she, she, under any circumstance, just mean. These football players, 
they wanted to do something about it. So what they decided to do is they just started befriending her, and the mm-hmm. bullying stopped. They mm. so the 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 kids that everybody else in school looked up to, they just started saying to her, "Come eat lunch with us," and do, mm-hmm. and they started, and it stopped. It stopped. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a that was a wonderful wonderful story. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the other tough topics? I mean, without giving the story away, we you're dealing with bullying. With that alone, could could be enough to keep a reader interested in a book, a movie, et cetera, because some of these kids are so mean-spirited. You wonder where that comes from. But what are some of the other tough topics that you take on in summer rain? And I've, already I'm feeling for summer. I'm like, oh, my God, a 16-year-old girl trying to find her way, and she's got all this stuff to deal with. What are some of the other tough topics without giving a story, a book away? She's going to tell about everything, but some a few other things that you tackle in summer rain. Okay, so like I said, uh, you know, of course, you, we've touched on the bullying. Um, like I said, faith is a really big part of it because of the tragedy that takes place. Um, that that makes it really a big mystery in itself because uh, the reader is then left to find out, um, you know, who did it. Uh, so it, it's kind of a that that's the main thing, you know, that goes on in there is trying to figure that out. Um, you also find that I'm trying to see how I can say this without giving away too much. Um, I guess I'll say there's some secrets and a sort, um, but a secret there is a secret um, that is kept that really again like changes lives, changes lives in the book. Uh, so that's kind of. Um, dealt with um there's there's some backstory that you'll see um i'm trying to say this i think i won't say that that'll give away too much um okay <laughs> so really i mean you're just trying to see a lot friendship you know friendship is, is a really big thing that's touched on um you see adult friendships um you see relationships you know it, it deals a little bit with with a couple of different relationships uh you get to see some simone and david that's summer's parents um, you really get to see into their relationship and, okay. um, you know, really just how much they really love one another and um, just how they, the loyalty, you know, in that okay. relationship. You, you get to see that as well. So now, it, it's, it's a lot going in there, but it really ties all together. And in the end, uh, you, I think people really find themselves just kind of hoping and rooting for um for summer, yeah, yeah. Now, now another reviewer said summer, summer rain was about family loss and dealing with personal issues. This book had well-developed characters with a consistent storyline and plot structure. Gives readers some drama, suspense, and mystery while providing a profound message. Now, you said earlier the me- one message you wanted readers to take away who read uh, who read summer rain was about faith. Now. W- is this a book you t- you talked about? Summers, p- readers are going to see, you know, how Summers' parents love and appreciate each other and and their relationship. Uh, is this a book that you would say is just for teens, or is this a book that an adult could also enjoy enjoy reading? Um, and it, and how, as sixteen year old, if an adult's reading it, maybe a sixteen year old could understand it, but an adult who's been through a lot of tough things. 
how does how is it a book that can help an adult as well if they read it? It strengthens their faith. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna tell you this, this just to give you a little bit of background. When I started writing this book, in my mind, I thought I was writing an adult book. Okay. And when some of my author friends started reading it, I guess because of care, uh, Summer being the main character. Because um, I started kind of writing the story originally really around her father. Oh. Uh, but it really ended up, yeah, but she really ended up being the main character. And so um, because of that, you know, when my friends started reading, they said, you know, this is a young adult book. This is, you know, it's pretty good. So it's a young adult book. And I'm like, no, it's an adult book, <laughs> you know, because in my mind <laughs> that's what I was writing. Oh, and so okay. – um, I started studying, you know, the young adult, you know, genre a little bit more and uh, just started praying about it. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know what, I guess this is young adult. And um, I just think that's what God wanted me to write. I think that's what he, you know, he really wanted. But because I think I started writing it that way, um, it's absolutely very entertaining, I would say, for adults. Um, it, I, pretty much most of those reviews, if you, you can kind of tell from them that a lot of them are adults, you know, that there right. are people that have written those reviews and just people I know that have read it that come to me, they tell me they just could not put the book down and the suspense and the mystery that was in it, mm-hmm. you know, just, they just couldn't, you know, people stand up all night trying to finish this book because they want to see what happens next. Okay. Uh, it's definitely, you know, something that uh, adults are enjoying too. And they can relate to it. I say they can relate to Summer because most people, whether you have a daughter, um, and it really I'm just going to say a child, not even a daughter. Summer has to be a girl, but these things that go on with her can certainly happen to a boy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any type of, if you have any kids in your life, you can relate to this story. You're going to find yourself uh, drawn into this story because you'll, some, you'll see yourself in one of these characters. Um, okay. Or you know that it could happen to you. So, okay, and it's interesting. I'm glad you shared that backstory. That it started out really uh, the father was going to be the protagonist, and then it became came Summer Summer McCain. That's interesting. So maybe that does give it that. Where uh, well, look, you, you, there are other books, and I'm uh, uh, that adults and children, kids or teens have enjoyed. There are, there are many, many other books. So that you can you can enjoy reading a book that was has a teenage uh teenager as the main character. Uh, if the depending on what's happening in the book and how it's written and if you can relate to the experiences that the main character has. Now you had the official book release launch party at the Woodland Springs Clubhouse in Carmen, Indiana. That's another town. I've never even heard of Carmen, Indiana until I was researching <laughs> for this interview. Can you share with our off-the-shelf listeners what that launch party was like? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was it was so much more than I think I even dreamed that it would be. Um, I mean, people came out. You know, the people really did come out. Uh, it started at 4 o'clock and I mean, the first guest was walking through the door at that time. Um, I had my hostesses, you know, all over the place and, you know, all throughout greeting people and, you know, people were buying books and, you know, they were, the place, it, some people even described the place as feeling like a retreat, you know, so you saw wow. a lot of people just kind of sitting down reading their books and, you know, with uh, hors d'oeuvres and the chocolate fountain seemed to have been most the most popular thing. Oh, my thing goodness. Through. Okay. 
Well, it was just an amazing experience. I, I really felt loved and I really felt the support. So anybody listening that was there, thank you for coming out and supporting wow. uh, me and Summer Rain. When did Summer Rain, when was it released? And also, where did you get the idea for that type of a fabulous book launch? Um, It was uh, actually released in December. Um, but, you know, the weather, we've had an interesting winter. Yes, and so, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And um, since I released it in December, and then it was really the party would have been a couple of weeks after that, you know, between the weather and, and the time being so close, we decided to push it out, hoping oh, maybe March, you know, the weather would be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew I would have time to get the book, you know, in people's hands. And I enjoy just planning events. To be honest with you, um, oh. I enjoy planning events and, um, you know, marketing. I, I'm a business major, so um, mm-hmm. I just kind of put those things in those, you know, my love for planning events and marketing, you know, and just tried to put out there to people this is what I was doing, um, you know, to try to market the book. So Wow. I think that's fabulous that you did that. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous that you did that. Will there be a sequel she is see this is a book that could go on and on or a story because she's so young at the start of the story. Will there be a sequel to Summer Rain, a book that shows Summer when she's an adult? Yes, there will be another one. I wasn't sure okay. in the beginning I wanted to, but I've had so many people are like mm-hmm. begging me to tell more about where her life goes. People want to hear more about Monique, what happens to her. People want to hear more about Jasmine. Like, these are the main characters that people really want to hear more about their lives. And so, you know, at first I thought I might, you know, I had some ideas for these characters later. But I feel like, you know, because people really have, you know, become um, vested in these characters, you know, I probably should go ahead and continue their story. So I will. My second book, I have started already, though. It's uh, it's more of an adult romance. It's a romance. Uh, still Christian fiction, but it's mm-hmm. more of an adult book. But um, I definitely will continue uh, also this line with, the, with these characters that I've started. Can you tell us a little bit more about the book before we talk talking about your motivational speaking? Can you tell us a little bit about the book that you're working on now, if you have fleshed out the characters, if there's a central theme to the story uh, can you introduce us to some of those and when when you think the book might be released now i know you just released summer rain so that probably be a little ways down the road but <laughs> you could just give us an introduction to your the book you're working on now it's a little bit it is a little bit down the road uh, i'm still developing the characters um but i will say that it uh centers centers around the main character which is um you know a, a lady who she has been in a long-term, you know, in a long-term relationship with someone she's madly in love with, and um, they experience, um, she comes upon something that is quite disturbing, and so that situation becomes very rocky. So that's probably uh, what I could tell you really about it right now. I'm still developing the characters and and the plot, uh, so I'm not really, really far into it yet, but um, it's definitely... It's, um, it'll definitely be one, another page turner. Is my plan? 
for for our listeners who are writers themselves or who would like to write a novel, short story, short stories, which of course are different than novels. You've just got such a small space to tell a big story in. But what can you tell us the process you use when you to develop your characters? Some people have their characters write letters to to someone or journal to so they the, the writer can get even a more deep her feel on the character. Some people write outlines on their characters. How What's the process you use as you start to develop your characters? Well, I kind of have this little template, you know, of, of every single thing about my character. What does she, look, she or he look like? What do they look like? What do, how tall are they? Uh, what does their hair look like? What's their likes? What's their dislikes? Um, what, what are the things that... Um, what are the really weird, you know, things that, what's a bad habit? What's their bad habits? Um, who are their best friends? What's their favorite color? I mean, every single thing that you could think of about that character, I write it down. What type of car do they drive? Where, where do they live? Everything about the person, I, I detail that. Um, and I may not use all of that in my in my book, but by the time I am finished outlining that, that person is in, in my mind is, is almost like a real person because I know oh. so much about this person. So okay. that's kind of how I do it, and I know everybody doesn't do it the same way, but that's how I do it, and that really helps me to to start to relate to these characters. So that when I'm writing them, I know everything about them. Okay, and I appreciate you sharing that because some of our listeners might be struggling with characterization, and that's something readers have to care about the characters. You can have everything in the world going on in the story, but if people don't care about the characters, they're probably not going to stick with the book. So that's something that somebody themselves might be able to try, and and it might help them to develop more more in-depth and well-rounded characters. So I appreciate you sharing that. For our our off-the-shelf listeners who might have just tuned in, and as we always tell you, we get so many listens through the archives. But for those who might have just tuned in, I want to let you know that our special guest today is Sherlisa Starks-Richardson. She is an Indiana native, and she is a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, blogger, and she's the author of Summer Rain, which is her debut novel, which is the book we're discussing on Off the Shelf. We're going to go and start talking to her about her motivational speaking as we come down to the last 15 minutes of today's show. And you can follow uh, and keep up with Sherlisa, again, Sherlisa Starks Richardson and what she's doing by at her website, which is SherlisaRichardson.com, and I'll spell it C-H-E-R-L-I-S-A. R I C H A R D S O N dot com. Again, that's Sherlisa Richardson dot com. You can go back if you just if you just uh, tuned into today's show and listen to what she has to say about her book Summer Rain, some of the reviews that I mentioned, and learn more about the main character, uh, Summer McCain, who's a 16-year-old girl who goes through a whole lot. And there are also some adult relationships in the book, so which makes it appealing to both adults and to teens. Again, it's Summer Rain by Sherlisa Starks Richardson. Now, Sherlisa, I know you're also a motivational speaker. Can you tell our listeners what areas you cover or specialize in as a motivational speaker? Like some people deal with, they might deal more with like grief or careers or what could be aging, could be uh, starting a business. Is there certain areas that you really specialize in as a motivational speaker? 
Um, a lot of what I focus on um, lately, really, honestly, has been uh, bullying um, because wow. I've been talking to a lot of young people, you know, and, and my book, you know, has generated a lot of requests um, on that topic, you know, because of that. Um, but outside of that, um, I talk a lot to people about really just following their dreams. Uh, we talked about, we touched on that a little bit earlier, you know, in terms of people that want to get out there, um, about entrepreneurship, um, I talk a lot about self-worth, um, goal setting. Um, so amongst, you know, other things, you know, people can choose the topic that they want me to speak on as well. But those are the things that I really, um, really enjoy talking about because, um, you know, I just think that life really is short and you know, we only have one life to live. So I, I really like to encourage people to follow their dreams. Um, but in doing that, you know, I mentioned self-worth, um, you have to know who you are and believe in who you are. So I, I really like to talk to people about that as well. Okay. Now, are you fishing? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, those are just, just a few, you know, of the things that um, that I do speak on. Now, at your official website, again, com, you say that you speak about reinventing yourself. And I know you just touched on understanding your worth, but reinventing yourself. And that's something that people, when they reach their middle years or they're maybe starting their, uh, just starting their adult years, is you just, uh, one process in your life, being in school, living at home, is ending, and you're starting to branch out into a different thing. That can happen in people's middle years when they switch careers or start their own businesses, et cetera. What is the process of reinventing yourself like when you start to go off into a new path, what is what is that process like? And can you offer any tips or insight that our, our off-the-shelf listeners can take advantage of that will help them as they re- reinventing themselves to make that process smoother and easier, more successful? Um, sure. You know, actually, and that's what I've had to do. You know, so I've had to do it firsthand. Um, leaving, um, you know, a job that that's what you've done most of your life and then having to get out and do something completely different, um, you know, it can be really, really scary. But what I tell people is uh, don't let your fear keep you from doing what it is that you really feel that you're passionate about doing. Um, so that would be the number one thing with reinventing yourself. Don't be afraid to, to, to delve into what it is you want to do. Um, the other tip I would give people is, is is do a lot of research on what it is you want to do um, because what you don't want to do is, you know, jump into something and then not uh, equip yourself to be successful. So research, you know, do, do heavy research on what it is that you want to do. And then um, the final tip I would say is just really believe in yourself. You know, there will be naysayers. There will be people that will say, oh, that's crazy. You know, you need to just go out there and get a job. You know, or no, that's crazy. You don't need to do that job because you've never done that job before. But you have to believe in yourself first and foremost. And when you do that, then really there's nothing you can't do. And I'm going to add one more tip to that Um, when Mm -hmm. we speak of naysayers. You have to know the people. You can't share your dreams with everybody because mm. everybody is not going to support or believe in what it is that you want to do. So you have to be very selective 
and who you share what it is you're wanting to do. Because some people can totally discourage you, and you'll look up mm. years later and say, you know, I really wish that I had done that. And you could have wow. done it, but you gave up on it. So wow. That's I, yeah, and I, I appreciate and thank you for sharing that here here on Off the Shelf. That is so important because if you're if – you're, if your faith in what you want to do isn't that strong, it's like building something. You, the foundation isn't firm enough yet. You can do it, but the foundation isn't firm enough yet. And you t- you t- you let the wrong person come in there and start tearing it up. <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. gosh! <laughs> then, That's right. Yeah, you 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 let it go, and you could have done it. And I, another thing, when I was talking earlier at the start of of the show. You know, I agree with the research and talking to people who are already doing what you're doing and and telling them, I don't want you just to give me all the the positive and the upswing. I want you to tell me about the hard, tough, rough spots in this when you feel like giving Mm -hmm. up. I want to hear that, too. So you can know really what to expect. That's also important. But I tell you, even if you start a business or you start something, you go out and you say, I want to write novels and I hope I become a New York Times bestseller, and you don't become a New York Times bestseller, I would rather try and put my all into it and love doing it. And when I get ready to lead this earth, to be able to say, you know I did everything I wanted to do (laughs) and everything I thought I was sent here to do, rather than say, Man, I wish I had done this. Man, I wish I had done that. Man, I wish to, to not to live that safe life where you feel like I only want to do it if I'm guaranteed that I'll be hugely successful. No, to do it and enjoy doing it. And then if you have to change it, you have to change it. But at least you'll have that peace of knowing that you tried and that right. you gave it your best. At least you'll have that piece of knowing that. Because they say that's the number one thing that people say when they're passing away, when they're in hospice, they start talking about the regrets they have because they didn't do something that they wished. They say that's top of the list, number one, number one thing when mm-hmm. people get that, that yeah. people, their number one regret. Now, you also blog, and you blog about a variety of topics that I know years ago blogging was who's in the stratosphere, but when and why when and why did you start blogging? Um, I started blogging um, because I knew that um, I started blogging around the time that I knew you know that I was going really a little shortly after I knew that I was going to write a book, and so I knew the book would take some time, but I figured this was a way to um, for me just to kind of just start little start writing little shorter shorter things. And it was also a way, you know, to introduce people to me as a writer. And I knew that whatever writing that I would do, it would be inspirational. And so that was a way to just kind of, if I had something on my mind, you know, that I wanted to share that was inspirational, I could do it through my blogging. So that's that's kind of how that, that came about. I've read, some, I've looked at some of, and checked out some of your blogs, and I got to tell you, you covered some interesting topics for our listeners who might be interested in checking out some of Charlisa's blogs. I mean, very interesting topics that make you think, and you just appreciate what you're sharing. As we come down, we mm-hmm. only have minutes left, and this happens on every show where I don't get to all the questions. But as we come down to the end of the show, I definitely want to get this question in there mm-hmm. for 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 our listeners to themselves. They have a product they market. It could be a book. It could be anything. Now, I know in the book industry, and some people can use these tips across other products that they have. Writing and publishing a book, as we said earlier, is just the first step. Then you have to sell the book. 
system works. Can you share a few tips, marketing tips, that you have found, not you read, not somebody told you, but you have found firsthand to work to help sell novels? I would say the number one tip that I would give people is um, I would say you have to be your own salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be your very own salesperson. You know, we've got, for those, you know, that put your product, especially I'm a self-published author, so I don't, you know, right now have the leisure of my books being in, um, you know, the bookstores or anything like that. But I do have Amazon, but I, I don't count on just Amazon, you know, for people. Because people will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there and get your book. And they may have really good intentions of doing that. But they, but they never do. do it. <laughs> yeah, so I am my own salesperson. Everywhere I go, I've got books with me. <laughs> Everywhere okay. I go, I have books. And I found that uh, I, I probably sell way more, you know, myself in person, you know, because I am my own salesperson. So that's mm. what I would totally, you know, I had, I had a friend who also published maybe a week or two after I did. And she was strictly, you know, kind of going with just Amazon. She didn't, she hadn't even ordered any books, you know, to have on her own. And I said, you have to, you know, I told her my success, you know, with selling on myself. And I told her, you know, you just have to order you some books. You have to have books on hand everywhere you go. And she did what I said, went to Sunday school, a Bible study somewhere, and had, you know, maybe 13 books with her, and she sold 10 right then. So there that would go. be my tip. Yeah, that would okay. be my tip. Always have books with you and sell for yourself. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's that's how a lot of artists years ago got their start, taking their CDs. I sell somebody in New York doing that. You just They just mm-hmm. go up to anybody on the street, here, 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 give it, either doing giveaways to get the word out or you, you, you just ha- you have to start really, really, really hustling. Can you, we've only got about two minutes left, can you let our listeners know where can they get copies of some? You said Amazon. Is there any, any other way through your website, et cetera? You're going to be doing any speaking engagements. Where can people get copies of Summer Rain? Okay, yes. I am, uh, as I said, available on Amazon.com. For, it's available in paperback and in ebook. I'm also available on BarnesandNoble.com for people that um, are Nook users. Um, I also um, I will be speaking in um, in a couple of weeks. Well, on the fifteenth, um, I'll be um, having books for sale um, at an event uh, at thirty three thirty three North Illinois Street for the people that um, you know live in Indianapolis. And also speaking, I'll be the keynote speaker um, on the topic of bullying. So okay. Definitely want to come out here as well as you know if you have young people. Um, you'll want to come out and hear that. So, and if you so, see me, I always book with me. <laughs> okay, and and great social media networks. Tell us where our list, off the shelf listeners can connect with you on social media networks. I can be reached. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Um, again, my website shirleysarichardson.com. Um, people can also request books for me personally through there as well. Um, that's that's where I hang out. Also, I'm on Pinterest too as well. So. Okay, Shalisa, Shalisa, yep. Shalisa, 
Starks Richardson. So ShalisaRichardson.com. Sharlisa is spelled C-H-E-R-L-I-S-A, Richardson.com. Please check her out online. You can follow her. You can check out her blogs where she's going to be speaking, and I'm sure if you wanted her to speak at an event, all you'd have to do is contact her through her website, and then the two of you could discuss uh, her speaking at an upcoming event that you're at. So please go out and support Summer Rain. Remember, Sharlisa, Sharlisa Richardson, we want to thank all of our listeners for being here with us today, as I always tell you. And this is so true. And don't forget, you guys, Daylight Savings Time begins tomorrow. This is so true. You are so incredible, so awesome, and so amazing. I will be so happy when you really, really realize that because it's going to change your life. You are just amazing, fabulous, and awesome. Go out and create a great day for yourself. Please support Summer Rain and pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. Come back next Saturday. Please, please tell other folks to join you. Off the shelf, Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. See you next Saturday. Bye for now. Shalisa, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you so much for having me.